Are you ready to take the next step in your multifamily investing career? The time has never been better than now. Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop is a comprehensive live training course that will help increase your skills, knowledge, confidence as an investor before you invest. This workshop is a unique experience that provides hands-on instruction and guidance directly from Mark Kinney, who has completed over 100 multifamily syndications valued at over $1 billion. This course goes beyond theory as you will be presented with real case studies and practice scenarios to work out in class. By the end of the training, you will have significantly improved your ability to evaluate deals quickly, make informed decisions, and take your investing skills to the next level with confidence. For more information and to register for Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W, use code Whitney100 to save $100. The Deal Analysis Workshop is designed for both beginner and experienced investors. Whether you are looking for a foundational understanding of how to analyze multifamily investments or looking for fresh insight on how to pivot your analysis method, for this current market cycle, this is a workshop you have been looking for. Register today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash DAW. Use code Whitney100 to save $100. Whereas on our side, since we have multiple people working on your accounting, if one person decides to leave REA, we've got all the documentation. We record every call with our clients. We take copious notes and it's pretty easy for us to just kind of slot somebody in and the client doesn't really feel that turnover. And then I would just say, generally speaking, we're cheaper because we're 1099 contractors. So there's no payroll taxes. There's no laptop. There's no unemployment. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. You are going to hear about a topic today that may not seem very exciting and you're going to hear us talk about that as well. However, you need to be excited about it and you need to learn more about it if you're operating a business or if you are an investor, if you're passive or whether you're you're active, you need to know more about accounting. You need to know more about your P&Ls and what that means. Uh, I've had to personally dive into this more and more over the last uh, year or so in our business. But our guest today is an expert in this. He's helping lots of people do this well in their in their businesses. His name is Mark Kappelman. Mark brings 16 years of accounting operations, real estate experience to the company Real Estate Accounting. Over the past 10 years, Mark has acquired greater than 15 million of real estate across uh, 40 units, providing him with hands-on experience across all types of real estate transactions. Uh, he's also an active investor across numerous real estate deals as an LP. Uh, he, he and his wife, as you'll hear through the conversation, have flipped uh, numerous homes. His wife is also a CPA. It's an interesting conversation just because we've been in the process, which you'll hear more about in, in this conversation, of hiring a controller. So we can gain more control at Lockbridge Capital over this process and bring it in-house. Uh, and really, so I can push it more, right? I, I can drill in more to the process and take more third-party people out of the equation. However, Mark, you will hear us talk about, you know, he does this third party and they do it, they seem to do it very well. And so I I enjoyed this conversation specifically because of what we are going through right now as we speak, as we go back into tax season again, and as we are pushing hard as we can to get those K-1s out on time this year for our investors, uh, which is so important to us uh, this year as every year. But Mark's going to help you to do that better today. Something that has become near and dear to my heart over this last year is property accounting. As exciting as that sounds to everyone, right? Man, it needs to be exciting. I I can just share from 
personal experience. You better get excited about it if you're dealing with you know thousands of investors, right? It's so important and it has become more and more important on our end or for me personally. And our guest today is an expert in just that. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Whitney, thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, honored to have you on. I'm looking forward to this conversation as I've been in the hiring process now for months for a controller and, and really just to bring more control in-house, right, of this process. Uh, and so I, I'm looking forward to talking to you, Mark, about this and, and uh, getting some tips and helping listeners to do a better job at this as well. We have overhauled this process uh, over the last, uh, I would say, six months now as we brought management in-house as well. Man, a lot of big changes and good changes, big changes, but really good ones for LifeBridge over the last six months in this uh, degree. Mark, Welcome to the show. Give the listeners a little more about your background. I know you've done a lot in real estate also, uh, and now you are hyper-focused in property accounting. You know, wh- what does that mean exactly? And and how did you get there? Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, 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 try to, I'll try to simplify it. You know, the last, I guess, 20 years now, it seems we've been going at it, but a little less. But, you know, I went to college, want to be a business major, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had some uncles that were CPAs that said, hey, go into accounting, get your CPA, you at least have this concrete designation coming out. And it's the language of business. So you could go do anything after that. At least you have that concrete trade. So I'm like, okay. So I went and did that. I went to Arizona State, got my undergrad, got my master's. And then as I'm you know, looking and trying to be, you know, I'm now in public accounting at Ernst & Young. I'm trying to be a partner. And I get introduced to this little book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read this book and, you know, there's a quote in the book that says, why climb the corporate ladder when you can own the ladder? And I just, you know, that statement changed everything for me. And I realized, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going about this all wrong. Uh, and of course that book, he's all about real estate. So I just started diving into real estate. And then I became convinced, hey, I want to get into real estate. So fast forward about five years, you know, I'd gone from Ernst Young, actually went into PwC because uh, I'd moved to Chicago. My wife and I start flipping houses. And that was back, this is like 2013 when it was all those shows on TV of flip this house and, you know, make all sorts of profits flipping houses. And we were like, yeah, look, we were both accountants. My wife actually is a CPA also. And so we were like, I think this could be our entrepreneur entrepreneurial kind of side hustle. And so we started doing that. And what we quickly realized was we flipped a house, then we got a couple going, and then we bought a six flat. And all of a sudden, this side hustle was kind of growing. And you know, meanwhile, I'm still working full time, as is she. And accounting became nights and weekends and early mornings. And it was like, man, I just don't have the time to do this. So we outsourced our own accounting two different times and it came back horrible. People didn't understand NOI. They didn't understand what to capitalize versus R&M. They didn't understand the presentation, GPR, all these things that I guess I was maybe taking for granted that I thought they should know. The communication wasn't good. And so that was kind of where we got the idea for And who's just focused on property accounting? Who is just focused on real estate? Started looking out there, couldn't really find anybody. Fast forward a couple of years, my now business partner, uh, who was a college roommate, and he came to me and I started telling him about this problem. And he's like, well, let's just start a a bookkeeping company. I'm like, really? And and I'm like, well, if we're going to start a bookkeeping company, we need to focus on real estate. And he's like, let's do it. And that was about four years ago. And fast forward, you know, now we have over a hundred accountants and, you know, we're running REA today. 
Wow. From being frustrated about your own bookkeeping, right, to having over 100 accountants employed, it's incredible. Uh, I love the the growth mindset, right, and, and striving to do it well, but then hey, seeing a problem that you can go fix, right, and, and seeing a niche really to dive into uh, where you can create a ton of value for a lot of people uh, and a great business uh, for yourself. Uh, it's neat how you got there. So, you know, so you focused on, uh, and why focus? I, I guess so, you know, niche down. Why niche down on, on property level versus being able to say anybody, any business, or do you? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think just if I take a step back and just about business and, you know, you know, there's those cliche lines, but I really like it, which is the riches are in the niches, but it's really about, even when I was at PwC and Ernst and Young, they wanted us all to specialize. If they wanted you to specialize in oil and gas, you could be an oil and gas guy or girl, because it's the same issues over and over again. You become a subject matter expert. And you become super valued to the layman client that doesn't know and hasn't seen these same issues. So, you know, it became obvious that we said, hey, look, let's become the best property accountants possible. It's a huge industry. We love real estate. I didn't really get into my background, but, you know, a big reason why we always thought we would have a competitive advantage was that in my process of flipping some houses and doing these deals, I have syndicated. I have raise money, I've done operating agreements, I've done all these different things and manage property. So I so I not only understand, you know, how to do the accounting, debits and credits, assets, liabilities, all that stuff, but I've actually operated, you know, so it becomes a lot easier for us to empathize with our clients. Yeah, for sure. Are, are there specific, uh, you know, say, uh, areas of the business, you know, uh, in accounting, bookkeeping that you handle for clients? Or how, how does that look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. So, Accounting, bookkeeping can be broad. There's K-1s, there's 1099s, there's a host of different things. Generally speaking, and we we support with both of those, I'll get into that, but really we focus on, we kind of break it down to three key areas, which is bank recs, AP, and the financial statement close process. So bank recs are just what it sounds. Every single month, you need to make sure that all the activity that happened to your bank is reflected in your accounting system. If you're a third-party property manager, you know, your local state real estate department of real estate, DRE, is going to require it. If they ever come audit you, it's going to be send me your bank recs. That's the first thing they're going to ask you. So we do that for 99.9% of our clients. We literally have one client where we don't do bank recs. So we always do bank recs. The next area is AP. And so that is all the bills that your vendors are sending you, maintenance, you know, could be anything, cleaning. Those bills need to get added into the system and they need to get paid. And so that's a big area of what we do. And then finally, it's just the financial statement close process. And you know maybe we're going to get into it, but that looks super, a lot different for the type of client we're working for. If it's an owner operator that has a bunch of LPs, that reporting package might be a P&L, a balance sheet, and a cash flow compared to a pro forma because now we're reporting out to LPs and people want to know, hey, you said you were going to do this. What did we do? Versus if you're a third-party manager and you're managing properties for John Doe or Jane Doe that owns a couple single family homes, that's going to be an owner statement that says beginning cash balance, rents received, expenses, distribution, ending cash balance. And so that's kind of how we see the world of accounting, AP, bank recs, and reporting. The one thing that I guess I didn't say was accounts receivable, and that's all the tenant charges. And the reason I didn't say that is really at this point, and, and I'd be curious to know, you know, in your business, Whitney, but most of our clients at this point, greater than 90% of their tenants are paying online through the portal. And then 
the actual process of recording the accounts receivable and the tenant receipt and the deposit in the bank is automated by the software. It's only become super manual if you've got the people that are still sending you in checks. And I see you smiling. I would say it is 90%. And if it's, uh, you know, that 10% is we're still pushing to help them to do it uh, electronic, right? It just, man, takes out guesswork for everybody involved in that process. And then, then there's so many other people involved just by that one thing being manual, right? Instead of electronics. So, you know, we we obviously, if, if people are sending in checks, then that becomes part of the bank rec process. But Bank Rex AP and reporting are really the big areas that require a, a ton of time, I would say. Yeah. yeah, that's helpful as you break those things down because each of those things have to be thought about, right? Who's responsible for each of those things? If you have a business number of employees, you're going to have all those things to deal with, right? One way or the other. And what I do know about numerous parts of our business is that at one time or another, my business partners have had, my business partner and I've had to do everything in the business. But anything that we are not an expert in, man, I just try to quickly outsource it, right? Or I hire somebody that's an expert in that thing. Or that's what, that's how we've grown as fast. I think, you know, one of many reasons uh, that we have is that, you know, we've just tried to find experts in, in places, hey, we are not as fast as possible. Uh, and this is one of those areas that, that we've never had any expertise in, right? I mean, never, right? Uh, and and don't claim to, but I know the importance of it. Uh, you know, I'm not a CPA and some of the stuff, you even list these things off and I'm like, oh boy, yeah, I need to <laughs> think about it. So, Hey, I want to dive in though, too, because because we've done this as well. Uh, you know, it's like benefits of outsourcing versus hiring in-house. Uh, and let's talk through that a little bit because that's and it's something we've been dealing with. And I'll share with the listeners. I know we have a number of our investors that listen to the show as well. Uh, and so I'll say, hey, LifeBridge has, we, we have worked so hard to try to get these K-1s out on time this year. We've not had the best success at that in the last couple of years. And and I know that is a major pain point to many of our investors, uh, but from one reason or the other, and, and some of it completely out of our control, however, it's still my responsibility. We're trying to improve that process one way. Actually, we've made many strides already this year. One big way we've done that this year is to bring management in-house, uh, which has allowed us to have so much better or cleaner books, right? From the very beginning, we've added software. We've, I mean, all these things, all these processes that we never had before that are giving us so much better books, faster, cleaner, all these things like you're talking about, even from the, that process, we're being able to automate uh, so much and it's done faster. But I would love to hear your opinion, outsourcing versus hiring. And I'm happy to share you know, what we've done and are doing as well. Yeah. So we get this question a lot. And so I love this question. And there's pros and cons to both, right? I'm not just trying to make this so one-sided. few things. One is speed of implementation. If you have an accountant quit or you're the owner, operator, entrepreneur that's just doing all the work and you need to make a change, if you call REA, we can be up and running and working on your account in days, not weeks. If you go with insourcing, you need to post a job. You need to interview people. You need to buy a laptop. Uh, we'll get into that. We need to do all these different things. And I know you said earlier, you're trying to hire a controller. So that's a process, right? Versus you hire us, we have a call, we can get up and running very quickly. Because like I said, we're hiring four people per month if I didn't say that. Scalability is one of the other really big ones that our clients that we've been working with a while just love with us is because you know they just have the confidence because we're growing at the rate we're growing. If they are at 300 units, I'm making that up, and they buy a 200 unit building, 
They don't need to go hire another accountant. They can just say, hey guys, we just added this building. Can you allocate more staff to the team, more hours to the account each month? Yep, no problem. This is all we do. Send us the closing statement. And that kind of dovetails into kind of some of the expertise, which would be what I always say to people is property managers, owner operators, you don't need accountants. You need accounting outcomes. You need timely bank recs, you need the financials done, and you need all your bills inputted. And that's kind of where we excel. A couple other things I would say is there's no single point of failure. So if you hire a person in-house and let's say that's Mark, if Mark gets sick or Mark goes on vacation, the accounting stops. Whereas if you're working with us, we have almost always two, if not three, depending on the size of the client, four different people working on it. So it's highly unlikely unless we've got a company vacation or a holiday that all people are going to be out. So the accounting kind of always keeps going. There's no single point of failure if somebody missed an email because multiple people are working on the account. Turnover is another big one. You know, if you have an accountant in-house and that person quits, now all of a sudden you have to go out and rehire, retrain this person. Whereas on our side, since we have multiple people working on your accounting, if one person decides to leave REA, We've got all the documentation. We record every call with our clients. We take copious notes. And it's pretty easy for us to just kind of slot somebody in and the client doesn't really feel that turnover. And then I would just say, generally speaking, we're cheaper because we're 1099 contractors. So there's no payroll taxes. There's no laptop. There's no unemployment. If for some reason you have fire us, you know, we usually say it's about 30% cheaper to outsource versus insource. And, you know, The pushback maybe we get is, well, hey, you know, we want you just working on our account or we want to be able to walk down the hall and just make sure when we call, you're going to pick up the phone, pride ourselves on quick email response times. Everybody's got a cell phone, email signature. We all pick up the phone. That to me, and those are kind of the the big benefits to outsourcing. And of course, you can always find a rock star in-house. But I mean, as you probably know, and I don't even know what software you use, each one of these softwares are very specific. They all have a bunch of intricacies and you got to go find somebody that understands that software at a deep level and can play all the positions of adding a bill, which is the entry level stuff to recording a purchase and sale and a 1031. And that stuff gets super complex. uh, And those are not easy people to find. Yeah, I am in the middle of that. You're talking about the hiring process. And as you mentioned that you and I were talking about it beforehand, I have been in the process for for months or for a few months on hiring a controller and just to yeah, bring as much of that in-house as possible. So I have more control over this process uh, and more uh, vision, right? Or, you know, sight into the process and where we're at. And specifically for us, it's been K1s, like I mentioned earlier, but because we, we want to improve that for our investors as much as we can. Uh, and that doesn't mean we still want to outsource some things. Yeah. K1, just to touch on that, it almost becomes... Now you've got the tax CPA involved, right? Because now you need to get your books closed timely. They need to be right. Now you got to send it to your tax CPA and that person needs, and you got to give that person a pretty good lead time if you want to get the K-1s out by March 15th. So I think that's always a challenge, but the way you overcome that is just clean books, getting them closed quickly. Then you can send it to that CPA. And then that guy or girl kind of has less of an excuse to say, well, I couldn't get it done on time. Uh, It's all about getting them the financials quickly, and having them tie out to the prior year and just giving them a clean, clean file to work with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we've yeah, learned that the hard way and, and <laughs> are improving that. So, uh, you know, you mentioned different softwares. I want to go to that in a minute. But also, I want to ask you, you know, you talked about you know, outsources versus hiring. 
and and I briefly mentioned it also, but just combining the two, there, you know, do you have clients who do have in-house, you know, bookkeepers or accountants or or something, but then they also use you all for part of the process? I don't know the stats, but I would almost say that's more common. And the perfect example would be, you know, we've got this client that they came to us, they had a controller on staff, right? Just a controller. And the owner came to us and was like, look, my controller's not controlling. My controller's being a bookkeeper. My controller is adding bills, reconciling banks, spending no time on the financials, never talking to our owners and LP reporting and all these types of stuff that they want that controller, that high level person doing, uh, and they get stuck doing the weeds. And that's why, you know, that's why we staff the way we do is, you know, I'd be curious to know, you know, exactly why you want the controller, but it's like, if you have a controller, you need more than that because controllers don't want to add bills and reconcile banks. I mean, I just, I know for a fact, I've spoken to many, many, many of them. And so, what they ended up hiring us to do is, hey, we want you guys to effectively come in and be the staff senior accountant to this controller. And so now we report it into this controller. We add the bills, we reconcile the banks, and she's doing the financial statement reviews at month end. And now she's kind of up leveled. And you know, that client had the choice. They could either go out and hire a staff accountant or they could outsource it. And I think they would say that they're happy with the choice they made. You know, it's nice to have accountant in-house. You know, as you get big, when you're smaller, you probably don't need it. I don't know the exact level when you need it, but you need multiple levels. You need the junior person and you need the senior person, especially if you're scaling. And that's why it can be super compelling for us to play both of those roles or us to play one or two of those roles. Well, Mark and I are just getting started in discussing accounting and discussing why it's so important that you're doing this well in your business. I appreciate you sticking around for another interview with him tomorrow where we continue the conversation on how to do this well in your business, whether it's third party, whether it's outsourcing. I mean, what his top clients that are doing this well, you're going to hear that tomorrow. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.